0: Hello I'm James Batchelor and you're listening to the games in 3biz podcast. I'm joined by Matthew Handrahan and Brendan Sinclair. And today we're talking about streaming. Earlier this week Microsoft announced Project xCloud, a game streaming service built on Xbox One and Azure technology that the firm hopes is going to enable players to enjoy Xbox games on any device they choose. Uh, It was first kind of teased by Phil Spencer back at E3 earlier this year, and according to Microsoft, it requires no extra work from developers to get titles up and running. The company's even working on a gaming-specific touch interface for anyone who can't pair an Xbox One gamepad to their smart device. Public trials are start to set next year. The teaser video uh, showed Forza Horizon 4. I think it was Forza Horizon 4. I had to squint very carefully running on an Android phone. Gentlemen, your thoughts?
1: Well, yeah, I, I suppose I was slightly surprised that that's how they chose to demonstrate it first and foremost, because who wants to play Forza Horizon 4 on an Android smartphone? Such a small screen It's a game that relies on a big screen. And for me, that's kind of like not what, that's not the promise of streaming. I suppose the promise of streaming for me is the that you don't need a console anymore to play games like that. But I suppose that's a harder thing to, to put into a video. You know, like the big challenge of, streaming is getting the 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 lag down to an acceptable level so that you can play a game like Forza Horizon 4.
0: See for me the the promise of streaming or or certainly the way they were pitching it is it's the portability. It's the yeah, the convenience of having your you're being able to play a game on any device anywhere instantly brings to mind being able to, you know, play Forza Horizon 4 at home, then go off to work and play it continue playing it on the train. The problem there is you're then relying on mobile connections or you know, or ho- hoping there's a Wi-Fi point. And I I just, I don't see that we have the infrastructure in place for that just yet. Certainly not globally, maybe in certain territories like, you know, Japan and the US, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, but, 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 you know, but it does take me back to when, you know, the, 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 the iPhone was first around and, and sort of legitimized mobile gaming. You had like this wave of games that were effectively trying to replicate console play experiences on touchscreen devices and it doesn't work. Like, I mean, yes, mm. th- yeah, so streaming would allow you to play Forza Horizon 4 on, say, an iPad, but you control it with what? Virtual thumbsticks, something which most developers steer clear of because it's a really inelegant way to control a game that requires precision controls. I, I suppose, um, yeah, for me, it, it's more that thing of like, well, what sort of games would work across those different devices. I, I think that vision of streaming raises more questions for me than it answers, you know, and that... The streaming for me, were, the more interesting application of it is through something like a Netflix-style service. How that would change business model, not necessarily just when you could play, but that—that's the—that's the emphasis Microsoft was placing, which was interesting to me.
2: Right. So the the issue with uh, playing it on the go uh, for me is is just because there are so many specific uh, situations where y- you need an interface tailored for the game experience like matt was saying and like just the the idea of playing half of these xbox games with touchscreen controls is is nightmarish to me like i have problems playing a, a, a street fighter game with the normal pad uh just too many buttons but the thing that i keep thinking of uh when i when i see like microsoft's demo video is a bunch of stuff that sony has actually done that was sort of, um, conceived with the same idea of like, oh, and now you can, this will work with just everything. We've changed it and it'll, it'll work with everything. Like, uh, the original PSP well into its lifespan, Sony released a really cool app, which would take any game that had like local multiplayer and let you play it online with everyone else. Um, so, It just sort of... It was a tunneling program, basically, right? And it worked with every game, but none of the games were really designed with it in mind. It didn't get widespread adoption. There were some, like, hiccups with stuff. Things were a little peculiar. And with uh, the Vita and the remote play for the PS4, that was a really cool bit of technology, and I played a, a fair amount of Bloodborne using it and thought it was great. But since the Vita doesn't have the two shoulder buttons on each side, and it doesn't have thumbsticks you can click in. Every game that used anything with those buttons or the thumbstick, you had to like use the back touchpad of the Vita in order to, to use those buttons. And it just it was like, okay, well, you made it work, but it wasn't designed for this, and it doesn't sort of work seamlessly. The experience for people is awkward and cumbersome and it won't take off because of that i think
1: yeah so so one the the, the big question i have the one that still remains is what hmm, i i know what microsoft chose to show everybody but streaming has got far more disruptive potential than just gaming on the go right it, it could change the i mean so to to that point about It being very very difficult to play a game like something like forza horizon on an android smartphone but i mean but but people could make games specifically for specifically so that they could be played on an xbox and then played on the go that if the streaming technology was popular enough that would give rise to different kinds of games just as people got to grips with mobile controls and touch interfaces made games that were perfectly tailored for them we might end up seeing games that were made specifically so they could be played at home, then on the go, and so on and so forth. But then also, that I, I suspect that Microsoft just don't really want to talk. I mean, so for example, we, we wanted to talk to Microsoft about Project X Cloud, and they're not really putting anyone out there to talk about it yet. I mean, particularly for a site like ours, I suspect they don't actually want to address the business implications of this at this point in time. Like at this point in time, for them, it's about proving the tech, and solving the remaining challenges and not really facing up to the fact that on a fundamental level we should see as disruptive an effect of streaming on the games business as netflix has had on on the film business which is even now very difficult to calculate
2: yeah that's that's kind of terrifying to me i, I wrote an editorial um, about it uh, netflix of games is a threat to developers i think is a headline if anyone wants to to look for it and if you look at um What's happened with Netflix and, and Spotify and streaming services and other media, uh, I think it really takes the, the balance of, of power um, between the creators of the, the content and the platform that hosts the content and tilts it so much more in the platform's favor. Uh, I think that's why so many, so many companies are looking to get into streaming. Uh, even if they're traditionally content companies like EA or Ubisoft, uh, they, they see the leverage that they would get from that. And they want to be the Spotify that takes, you know, Peter Frampton and, and gives him $500 for streaming his song 3 million times. Uh, and and that that concerns me. It also concerns me because, like Spotify, for all its popularity and usage, still isn't turning a profit, and the the costs for game streaming, where you're not just sending a media, you know, an audio feed or a video feed, but you're you're having the remote computing done. Um, like I, I expect those those costs to be significantly more and significantly harder to handle than. Than what uh, Netflix and Spotify have to put up with.
0: There's also a big question mark around, you know, as you said, like you know, like Spotify not turning a profit. Like, how would developers be paid for how much their games are being played? Typically, streaming services are a subscription based affair, and I think I read that something like uh, Spotify plays, I don't know, pays between six p and eighty four p or cents um, to the artists for for their 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 song being listened to well when it comes to games, would it be that the longer you're playing a game, the more money a uh, developer gets because they've not got a sale they've not they've not you know got that fifty quid or twenty quid thirty quid whatever their price point is they've not got that one lump sum of this person now owns
2: this game they are reliant on how much that person plays there's no good way to uh, that i've heard yet to assess the value of uh, a streaming game and like a really obvious Sort of fashion, because if you if you go by playtime, then uh, something like Farming Simulator or Kerbal Space Program that that people play you know obsessively for a really long time uh, will do well. But something like Night in the Woods or Florence is just like oh well, here's this great game, but I only played it for half an hour and I was done. Night in the Woods is a lot longer, but still. You know, a, a finite game just isn't well-suited to that platform at all. And yeah. if you go by the number of streams in, instead of the amount of time, like the number of players instead of the amount of time, then, then that's also an issue because then the games like Kerbal Space Program or whatever that, that people really get into and play for years at a time and might be their reason for subscribing to something indefinitely, those then get the short end of the stick. The only people that are really in a position to know the value of what each game brings to the service is the platform holder. And they don't share the information that they would use to assess that value with all the content creators. So in any sort of negotiation for for including a game onto the service, the content creators are doing it with incomplete information that that they don't really have uh, a proper perspective on. And, and that's just such a slanted playing field, I think.
1: I, I think that ultimately the games business is probably going to end up being a bit like a, a cross between Spotify and, and Netflix. I mean, because the distinction between Spotify and Netflix is that Spotify isn't kind of bankrolling the production of music up front the way that Netflix is. Netflix is now like the sort of power broker in the film industry and the TV industry Netflix is the biggest spender at all of the festivals and so on, whereas the studios used to be. And there has been a there has been something of an upside to that. It has the kind of films that were not getting made and seen before are now getting made and seen. You might see a little bit of that in the games business. You might you might start to see. Uh, sort of kind of like mid, mid-level mid budgeted gains that, that sort of died away a little bit over the past 10 years, maybe getting bankrolled by by the more successful streaming platforms. But I, th- I think the issue is, of course, as you say, Brendan, the most likely people to, most likely companies to, to be the early popular stream platforms are, are publishers themselves anyway. Um, so it's, it's difficult to understand how it would have a, an immediate positive impact on the industry i suppose i i personally just think it's very very difficult to, to envision exactly how it's going to play out from here because there are just fundamental distinctions to make between film and games and games and music there's just no no obvious way of, of understanding how how the business model will work and the effects it will have on production and so on I mean, it's it's going to be completely disrupt the entire industry i think
0: and that's good it's going to change the nature of the relationship and the competition between the publishers and the platform holders so like ea ea have quite openly said they are trying to set up their own streaming service probably building on kind of um origin uh, yeah, they kind of show that e3 so if ea has their own streaming service and so does xbox where do you play fifa do you play it on you know as, as a consumer do you play it on xbox because you've then got all these other other titles that you have access to but then will EA want, obviously EA wants FIFA on the Xbox streaming service because it has the. It, it theoretically would have the larger audience. But equally, FIFA is the type of title that would draw people to its own service. And there's just that balancing act of what they do to, to kind of better serve their product, but also kind of get the audience they want.
1: Yeah, well, I think, I think that for a company like EA, which I think is a good example, the most obvious first use for streaming technology would be on EA Access. Because they're older games, the performance level doesn't matter so much because it's such a good deal. And I think that's probably where they would be, dig in to roll it out. Is actually just on their own back catalogue stuff, um, and that would probably end up being the, the first instance and the 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 moment where there's kind of two or three huge streaming platforms and and they hold like the they, they have the power of production and life life and death over developers. That's probably a little bit further down the road. But you know what, like I, th- I think there are people out there that would probably welcome it as, uh, as, as the basis for something like EA Access. So you no longer have to download last year's FIFA. You can just stream it direct. And I think the question becomes then, is it in EA's interest to, to have FIFA 19, for example, debut on a streaming service? Or do they still want to be selling that at 60 bucks a copy on day one and then roll it to the streaming service later on? I mean, I would suspect... They'd probably go for that, you know, because because, or, and I guess maybe this is where we can start talking about what's been happening with the Switch in Japan. You might see these these kind of uh, tailored models for for newer games, like like with Assassin's Creed um, on the Switch, you know, where you get a stream version, you can kind of buy access for I think it's two years, or you can pay for like bunches of hours. I mean, this is this is odd stuff, and I, I don't think this is necessarily going to take off in the specific details of it as it stands right now, but that's kind of could be something that we see every publisher experiment with.
2: I think that balance between um, whether new games go on streaming or, or stay with existing models is something that'll take some experimentation, some time to figure out. I think the, the nearer term impact of uh, a streaming subscription platform taking off will be access to old games um, gets worse basically because one of the big the big selling points of of these services is like hey here's a big catalog and the way to get that sort of catalog is with a lot of older content so all of ea's classics that right now they sell drm free on good old games and steam because like because they haven't used it for years and they just kind of think of it as like, okay, well, you know, it's it's almost no effort. This wasn't bringing in money anyways. It's a little bit on the top. Sure, we'll, we'll go with this. Now they see that if they pull it from those, they can put it all on their streaming service and make that a selling point. Like, hey, check out all these classics that you can play now. Syndicate, Dungeon Keeper, Populous, things that Bullfrog didn't make even. <laughs> um, and, and that that kind of bothers me just from a perspective of i think this this industry is uh does a terrible job of of retaining its history and uh the the process of companies just trying to sell it back to you as many times as possible is ultimately going to come back and and bite us um and and but that's that's a discussion for another podcast i think
0: also, kind of that, that kind of reminds me of things like um, Netflix. So I have to, I have to confess, I don't use streaming services a lot. I, I don't use Spotify. I don't use Netflix. But when I have things like the netflix the roster of what they've actually got available that constantly changes like certain things will just disappear i was actually i was watching through a series with my with my wife on amazon prime and we got right up to like i think we were watching through like 11 series we got to the 10th series and then they suddenly pulled all of them just as we were about to start the 11th series and then you're unable to finish now in terms of older games but even in terms of newer ones there's nothing to stop the platform holder again the power is with the platform holder holder to decide what you can and can't play and that always sits uncomfortably with me as a consumer
1: yeah but i think that the you know with streaming the, the contract between you and the publisher or the platform holder just becomes fundamentally different what they're selling you is a volume of products plural not individual products so it's not so you know it, it's if it was say 10 pounds a month and you were 80 percent into assassin's creed origins just to use that as an example I mean, from their perspective, it's like well, you just play something else. I mean, I know what you're, I know what you're saying, but I think it's such a fundamentally different way of looking at, at the way games are distributed and consumed that the, the, the kind of it doesn't really correlate to like a game you've downloaded on PlayStation Network now just being snatched out of your hands. Like everything about it will be different. And the thing is like I, I use streaming services a lot. I don't actually have a, a television wired into any kind of digital signal or whatever like you know, regular TV anymore. And I actually think I, I, I think that there's been some good in the impact of a thing like Netflix says there's, there's actually two or three movies just coming out just this weekend from directors who would really struggle to get funded to make films anymore. And they're and they're given complete creative. They given more or less complete creative control. It's it's really interesting, like weighty subject matter. I mean, these things would be dying on the vine right now. Now, I'm not suggesting that's necessarily what we would see from the games business, but I would hope that there might be some sort of upsides on the content level for that, because yeah. I, but but I think that would probably be games though. So if we go back to Microsoft, who knows? Like yeah. So maybe this is a question to, to address now. I mean, is Microsoft looking at this tech now as the basis for its next generation console?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, the... the, the the rumors that we've heard or have been out there that right there's going to be a super duper 4K next gen console and a streaming only version like a bot, you know, that's cheaper that sounds realistic to me particularly in the in the in the wake of the xcloud announcement the game pass the all the different things they've been they've been doing and do you know what with the, how much i'm wrestling with my xbox one x at the moment which for some reason refuses download updates and stuff i i would be tempted by a streaming only console where i don't have to spend a week waiting for a game to download before i can play the damn thing
2: I, yeah i don't i don't see personally i don't see the appeal of the the streaming console so much just because i'm finicky about like owning stuff there's there's something about that that scenario you described james of like oh well i got 10 seasons through an 11 season series and then it's not accessible to me anymore oh and they don't even release these things on dvd anymore because no one buys physical media so now i just don't get to experience that like that that scenario just sort of bothers me to the point where even if a you know proper console a traditional console cost me a couple hundred bucks extra and i have to wait for for downloads like i'm more inclined to go with that um but then again you know i was also inclined to buy multiple dreamcasts and playstation vitas so my tastes do not reflect the markets
1: yeah well i I think in the early going at the very least so to go back to that scenario of being eleven seasons in or ten seasons into an eleven season T V show and have been pulled away, I, I would imagine that the situation you'd be in with games is you'd be, you know, halfway through Assassin's Creed Origins, it gets pulled, you would be able to buy the full download, you know, from, from a store or, or whatnot. That you would have both and that might actually even become sort of built into the model itself. So you could own these things but you can also stream them. But streaming becomes a is is a more unreliable way of doing so i am because i I'm, I'm sure that most publishers want all of their games to be available to buy at all times it's probably just getting past getting to the point where they can they can host it all and, and stream it all and so on and so forth reliably um i, I do i do think that in the, in the early going it's going to be this kind of nightmarish situation where literally every single publisher of any real size has their own streaming service and they're reluctant to put their games on anyone else's streaming services. So you have to have six or seven different memberships to kind of stay up to date with everything that's going on.
0: Yeah, and as much as people are saying like, yeah, you know, streaming is going to completely revolutionize, It's going to di- disrupt. I, I agree that disrupt the industry and it's going to revolutionize, revolutionize it. But it's not going to replace it. I can't see it replacing those full game sales. Things like FIFA, Call of Duty, like you know, Red Dead Redemption. Like those games are not going to suddenly stop appearing in shops because they're available through streaming. And in that regard, I guess streaming services almost acts complementary to the traditional re- retail model in terms of if you have this subscription you can then sample different games as you, you know, going back to your example of you know if assassin's creed gets pulled from me i can then buy the full version i i'd be open to you know sampling different games via streaming see what i fancy and then getting the premium experience by actually buying it and having it available offline and being able to play it without relying on an internet connection
1: well i mean i think that that's somewhat similar to what's happened happened with uh, the switch version of of the Assassin's Creed Odyssey in Japan, like you can you can yeah. play it. For, I I forget what the uh, the allotment of hours is, but it's like something like play it for twelve twelve hours for you know ten ten euros or something. Or you can or you can play it for two whole years for I think just a little bit more than the, the than an average price of a triple A game. Now it's it's an odd it's an odd model. Um, but then but then to be honest, there there are games where I probably would pay to just play you know five or six hours or something and and knowing full well that if i paid full price i probably wouldn't want to play the whole thing It's, it's difficult it's a difficult one to call at this point because it's really really hard to see even how far away the technology being ready for public consumption even is because no i mean i does anyone here use playstation now on any regular basis i mean that's the thing streaming technology is already here and doesn't really seem to be very much front and center of anyone's minds in the games business
0: I, I didn't even use online. I remember when everyone's excited about on live I was that person who went to Eurogamer Expo. I went to EGX queued up for hours got that micro console so I could stream games and then never plugged it in
2: one thing that I want to mention about like the idea of these things being available as you know buy the premium version and stream it Um, that might work for the call of duties and assassins creeds and other owned ip but there's still a large chunk of the the industry that relies on licenses and Mm. we've always the industry's always dealt with those poorly when it comes to continued availability so like marvel versus capcom 2 is one of my favorite games of all time but i can't really i can't really go out and and play that now it's only because i bought you know a disc version back in the day or the xbox 360 downloaded one and that's no longer available licensing deals expire and when that happens things just kind of disappear and if there's not a a like healthy physical market uh, i think those licensed titles are going to be less likely to get uh physical versions in a you know netflix style dominated industry because, I mean, when you have to bring a big-time licensor in and give them a cut of everything, your, your margins get that much tighter. So, like, it's it's weird to kind of, like, go to bat for, like, hey, yeah, ignore the original IP. Won't somebody think of the licensed crap?
1: Yeah. But aren't we already in an industry that is a, a lot like that for a lot? I mean, there's, there's lots of developers that only ever release their game digitally through... Through uh, through through storefronts that if it disappeared tomorrow you wouldn't necessarily own it anymore.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Any any kind of indie games that are that are pulled off of the the Netflix thing, you're. I mean, the good thing there is that indies will at least you know be able to take their games to itch.io or whatever sort of you know niche storefront there is online and continue to sell them on PC at least. Um, but yeah, like something like a licensed title like that stuff just i don't think we're ever gonna see capcom's yo noid released in any form ever again yeah true that might be for better or worse but still it's just like (laughs) these are things that are that are no longer going to happen Mm. yeah good point but
0: this is a whole other discussion completely but like the licensing business in terms of licensed games has shifted so dramatically towards mobile like how many how many licensed game tie-ins do we get nowadays
1: outside of superhero stuff not very much
0: exactly and even then like you don't get like, we don't get like a full-blown you know companion title to each movie anymore we've got we've got you know marvel spider-man has just come out but that's taken several years and, and was an original product rather than something based on another another title so yeah <laughs> Going back to though your point, Matt, about um, you know how how we think the next generation of Xbox is shaping up, you know, streaming versus standard console. I think this kind of ties in as well with something that our colleague Chris um, has been going on about for quite some time, of the idea of Xbox obviously setting itself up as a service rather than a single platform, like by setting up this kind of streaming tech. Like there's nothing to stop them putting this onto other platforms, be that smart TVs, be that you know. Uh, different mobile operating systems. You could even theoretically have a Project X Cloud Xbox streaming service on your Switch so you could play your Xbox games on your Switch. That seems to be where they'd like to go. Whether or not that happens, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think it's been a stated ambition since Steve Ballmer was in charge. You know, three screens in the cloud, that's what he always used to talk about. And that the logical implication of that is that Xbox is just effectively like this Digital entity that exists in the cloud between all of these different screens—it's not a box at all. But I think that—that's the kind of, I suppose, the full-on nightmare scenario of it all, right? Like you—that—that—I mean, that's what they want. They want play anywhere. They're already doing it, you know. I mean, but and then from I mean, this is an interesting thing. I was having an email chat with Rob Farhi, who's our um, regular Friday columnist. If listeners want to know who that is, um, about this exact thing, and like I. So, like, forget what I ideally want as an individual human being or consumer. Like, I am pretty interested in what Microsoft has planned for the next sort of 5, 10 years um, in a way that I'm Mm. not really that interested, in a way that I'm not interested as much in what Sony has planned over the next 5, 10 years. Even though I have got a PlayStation 4, it is my console of choice, Sony's a clear winner, and all that stuff. Like, I just really, really want to know what Microsoft... I really want to know what the, the, the kind of the medium to long-term strategy for gaming that Microsoft has at the moment, because it does seem to be, it's the one making the more future facing moves, even if that the, the future it's facing isn't one that's is palatable to everybody.
0: Yeah. It's more interesting as to what the next Xbox might be than it is what PlayStation five might be PlayStation five. We we've a fairly safe bet on what it might be. Xbox seemed to be a being a bit more experimental. and. Um, question i'd put to you guys then is because a lot of companies obviously getting into streaming particularly in games do we think who who do we think is going to lead the way as it were because you've got ea want to create their own their own streaming service and as we've said publishers are likely to want to create their own services to service their own catalog um xbox obviously gone all in but google as well google has announced project stream they're testing it with ubisoft with assassin's creed odyssey being playable in in chrome browsers but you know, by comparison, you know Google is all new hardware, new techniques, and you know developers aren't aren't going to be one hundred percent sure as to how to get their their titles onto this. Or, or it's not overly clear at this point. Whereas Xbox is saying, "Hey, all those games you already make for Xbox, don't worry, they will work on this system." Yeah, where do you, where do you guys stand on like who who's going to lead the way so far?
1: Well, I would say that. Um... Microsoft's more likely to, but simply just because they don't really put all that much faith in gaming specific strategies for companies like Google. They're so big. And, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we've seen, I mean, Amazon is a classic example of this. You've seen them kind of get into games and out of games about three times over the last 10 years. So it's entirely possible that, you know, Google could... Have this uh, this streaming idea with gaming as a kind of a you know a platform to launch it on, and then just kind of lose interest in it in a couple of years' time. Whereas Microsoft really need Microsoft is really invested in trying to get Xbox to work, and for it to fit with the way the rest of the company is now. It's as a digital cloud-based service. So I, I whether or not Microsoft actually ends up doing it right or making it work, I don't know. But I think in terms of leading the way, in terms of being the y c to be the most likely first company to really aggressively go go ahead and streaming i think it's got to be microsoft it's got to be xbox
2: yeah absolutely uh microsoft uh, they're they've been forward thinking on uh, a lot of different fronts they i i've always thought that their xbox line was sort of weird to me because they're not a hardware company and they don't really want to be a hardware company i don't think um, and this, this streaming service solution uh, seems to solve that, seems to fit in with their, their move to everything as a service instead of everything as discrete products. Um, Sony and Nintendo are, you can tell that they aren't very forward thinking about this stuff. Nintendo's online strategy has been uh, a mess for 15 years and non-existent before that. Sony, like with the Fortnite cross-platform thing, the way they've been dragging their heels because they were the entrenched leader and had an advantage. I I, I don't think Sony is all that forward-thinking a company, even though they were first uh, the big players to the streaming party. I I don't think they've handled a business model around it very well. I think Microsoft's willingness to say, you know what, you're going to get Halo, Sea of Thieves, Forza Horizon, whatever our first-party games are, uh, I, I think that's a, a a daring push that Sony wouldn't make in order to make this thing work. Sony's much more like, yeah, we'll try it and if it takes off, that's fine, like with PSVR or half the stuff I mentioned earlier, but they don't they don't commit to it in the same way. Um, Google is yeah, like there's so much stuff Google's done and abandoned so soon afterwards like i i i don't think that they're as invested in this either like matt was saying and they aren't they aren't a native gaming company they haven't built up an expertise in it outside of running google play and i just i don't see anyone else like ea and and ubisoft it's nothing against those companies but they are multi-platform game providers you will be able to play all their games somewhere else um and i don't i don't think they have enough muscle to really uh command an exclusive deal with 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 people like people won't sign up exclusively for madden on ea streaming service i don't think ea would have uh the the gall to make madden a one platform kind of game yeah, Microsoft's the only company that I can see that's really, like, in a good place to try this, to push it. And and I'm not even convinced that the technology behind it is uh, good enough or will be good enough anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's an important point, whether they get the technology right. But, I mean, just to, to add to that, I mean, obviously Microsoft's bought a few studios recently, Playground Games. Playground Games is the one, the only one, where I can see, like, that's that's a studio that is that is, has been bought to make A boxed $60, $70 retail titles, right? Whereas Compulsion Games, Ninja Theory, I don't know, like, I, I wonder if... The, 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 I mean, as you say, like, would Madden ever be a one-platform game? No, I don't think so. Um, certainly don't agree with that. But I can, I can very well see that Ninja Theory's next game being a sort of a Hellblade-sized title that is exclusive, to a Microsoft streaming platform. Now, I'm not saying that is what's going to happen, but you know what I mean. Like Ninja Theory said that it, it that it will be able to continue in much the same vein as it as it started out with in Hellblade. I mean, maybe that's why you know it was Compulsion Games and Ninja Theory rather than in accompaniment to Playground, another another studio that was ready and able to make a really 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 big Halo-sized games. Maybe that's what Microsoft had in mind for those for those studios.
2: Yeah, could be. Well, Microsoft also already has you know Halo and, and Forza. It has a a triple A lineup, and it's really difficult to to say what kind of game is exactly going to appeal to people and make them commit to this. Because I, I think most people have like, oh, well, there's one game that if it were on the streaming thing day one, yeah, I would I would go for that, and by kind of spreading their bets around. Uh, with a number of titles, they they not only like increase the chances of finding that one type of game uh, for people, but they 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 also sort of create a here's here's an array of content that is exclusive to us and our streaming service or or our hardware, you know, traditional console. It's, I'm, I'm sure they're not too fussed if people stick with uh, the the traditional style Xbox instead um but yeah it's it's like here's a bulk of things the same way when i subscribed to netflix i was like okay so there's there's these marvel shows and then there's this bunch of stand-up comedy that i'm interested in and they've got you know these other netflix originals that seem pretty cool okay yeah there's there's enough there even if none of it individually would sell me on this I'm, i'm i'm in on on the quantity of of interesting stuff
1: yeah and I think for for me, like the thing that I like about Netflix at the moment is it there aren't that there isn't a month that goes by on Netflix now where there isn't something I genuinely want to watch that's exclusive to that platform i think if, if if Microsoft could work its way to a point where it has, say, a dozen studios of the kind, of the, the sort of size or ambition or scale of the ninja theory or compulsion games, and so like every month there's a game that comes out and this isn't like, 80 hour assassin's creed kind of game this is like a 10 11 12 hour sort of narrative adventure kind of game and every single month a streaming platform has a game like that which you can only play there and it's 10 quid a month i don't know like i i would subscribe in a heartbeat in a heartbeat
0: well it will be interesting to see how many people uh sign up to these things in a heartbeat when they when they do eventually emerge uh, that is all we've got time for this week thank you very much for tuning in until next time, you can find all our previous episodes on all good podcasting providers. Uh, take a look. We've got a bunch of interviews with people. We've got uh, John and Brenda Romero, Anise Sarkeesian, Inon Zer, Mike Biffle, PlayStation Special Effect, Future Lab, a uh, bunch of others that I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, plenty of uh, previous issues to... Uh, sorry, plenty of previous episodes to go and have a listen to. And of course, you can get your daily dose of news, analysis and insight into the world behind video games at www.gamesindustry.biz.